I don't know what. I think there's space for everyone in the world. There could be another million yoga teachers. You'll still find a market for everybody there. Each one connects with a different vibe. Each one connects with somebody, and they like to do it with them, no matter what the pricing is, no matter what it is. And when you bring in your additional USP value there, people will not want to leave you and go. I never believe that somebody will eat into my competition. Somebody, I don't believe that. Awesome. There is, I and that. I always collaborate with more and more people because I will get work, and I always, I'm, I'm confident I will get work, and I will work with others, and I'll collaborate with others. See, that's the only way I'll grow. I have only so many hours, unless until I don't work with 50 people, I'm not earning that, and I want to do a lot more. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another episode of Be Your Own Boss. Our guest this week is Gomati Sitaraman, the founder of Arogya Yatra. Gomati is a Tamilian born and brought up in Pune. Her dad uh, was in the insurance sector, her mom a homemaker, an enterprising homemaker. We'll know more about that in the interview now. And uh, Gomati had a wonderful childhood. Let's hear from her about how the journey started and how she founded Arogya Yatra and how the entrepreneurial journey started. Gomati, thank you so much for taking our time and joining us here on the Be Your Own Boss podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sachin. I'm so happy to be here in this podcast, and it's a beautiful, beautiful day, and I'm so happy to join you. Yeah, and uh, this, by the way, is uh, an outdoor location. As you can see, it's a it's a location in Dubai. I can tell you that. But where in Dubai? You want to take a guess? Comment below and let us know where we are sitting right now. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a beautiful, stunning place, and thank you. I should thank you for this amazing location because I've never seen this place before. <laughs> the pleasure is mine. So, um, tell us about like you know the the, the childhood uh, environment at home. So your your dad was in the service sector. D growing up, did you think that you will become a businesswoman one day? Actually, never. Because uh, if you know Tamilians generally, we are all people who always work. Yeah. None of us, very few of us. I'm not saying none of us. Not many of us get into business. Mm. And even I never thought about it for a very, very long time. Mm. But you know, to be surprisingly, when I think back, my mom was always though she was a homemaker. She would do a lot of small things. You know, give tuitions. Uh, you know, chit funds at home. You know, to help women. Yeah. You know, do sari business. She's done all these things from home. Right. And that now that makes me realize, you know, maybe I've got some genes from her. Yeah, and she she was a an, an entrepreneur at home, right? Like yes, she was. She, she was. She was. She home, was. Because because of her, I did start taking tuitions very early and started earning my pocket money all from right. the uh, from I think eleventh grade eleven. Yeah. Yeah. So though I wouldn't get the entire money myself, <laughs> she would say, "Sorry, you only get a small portion as pocket money. The rest is mine." So, wow. but still, I started earning, and it felt very good. Yeah. You know, even those fifty rupees at that time was. Uh, High was, value was an amount, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, once you uh, finished your schooling, and uh, what kind of studies did you go into? What was your educational uh, things? At that time, I wanted to pick up something which is very easy. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't want to break my head too much. My brother, my you know, I have two brothers. My eldest yeah. one was an engineer, and I was very sure I didn't want to do that. My second brother was a, is a chartered accountant. So okay. I decided I'll, I'll also pursue something in the field of accounting. Because hmm. I think I was pretty good with numbers also, hmm. so I picked up accounting and I did my graduation in that. Okay. So it was actually a no-brainer. I didn't break my head saying oh, this is what I want to do and that's what I wanted to become. Nothing major ambitions at that point of time. Okay, yeah. and also accounting was kind of the the the, the most common thing, right? Like yes. after twelfth, I think we we had uh, after tenth. We had to take like choose between arts, commerce, and back science. back in the day it was just exactly. arts, commerce, and science. I mean, I'm also from Maharashtra, so I know that you know the the Maharashtra State Board. This is the way it works. Yes. So you just pick arts, science, and and that also most of it your marks would decide what you're going to do. Perfect. If you got like 80 and above, you're like okay, you you got so much marks, then you go into science. Yes. If you got less, then the 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 lower scorers like me go into arts because we just take arts because I you know I, I agree with you but just just here you know I, I just have a small incident I'll just narrate yeah. my daughter my younger one uh, when she decided to take arts okay and when we went to India the people said you're taking arts why you didn't score what's your score 
She was like, I got 92%. Wow. Now, what are you doing? Then why are you taking science? Then she looks at me. She says, Mom, why do people think people in arts don't study? <laughs> I mean, it's tough. It's so much to remember. Yeah. It may not be science, but that's not easy. Exactly. So, you know, yeah. that was the myth and concept we yeah. had that if you don't score marks, you're going Because the was different, to... right? Like yes. for science, you would have to have like yes. 80% and above. And yes, for, yes. for commerce and then for arts, there was no cutoff. So you could even... <laughs> you could even just <laughs> scrape and go through. I know, I know. For yeah. arts people, yeah. They're the most creative, I feel. Yeah. And they're not... <laughs> So, so after you finished your graduation, uh, what kind of like career was there? Like, did you go in? Did you take up a job or did you get married? And yeah, actually, I wanted to do my MBA. Okay. And I was, uh, you know, giving my exams, entrance exams, and I was actually even studying for CAT. Uh, but maybe I wasn't studying enough. But I just got married. Okay. I got married when I was twenty-one. Just twenty-one. Just finished twenty-one, and I got married. Wow. And uh, I had a baby soon, and then. Um, I was giving exams to, you know, get into some jobs there, you know, with City Bank, I had written an exam for City Union Bank, actually I even cleared a couple of them, uh, but I couldn't take it up because my husband moved to Dubai mm. and within a year when I moved in here with him, okay. but here I decided that I'm going to pick up a job and he also told me, you know, just start, you know, because you always like to do that, yeah. so I came and I picked up, you know, my first job, surprisingly, here 26 years ago was, you know, one of these call centers. Mm. There was a, you know, this car assist which we come get uh, with our uh, insure, car insurance automatically or we can choose for it. Yeah. There was a company called AAA, we, where we would sell this and I did that for a month okay. before I joined Dugas. Alright, before you joined what? Uh, Dugas, the Dugas, Dugas Dubai Gas, ah, okay. which is in Jablali, right, right, uh, right. in the role of an accountant. So that okay. before that, that was so my So first role. you started with that call center and then yes, you joined for a month, uh, yes. Dugas as an accountant. Yes. Uh, and uh, when while you were working as an accountant there in Dugas, uh, did you, at that time, did you have that aspiration that you know you, you want to one day quit this job and start on your own? When did that idea come about that actually, you want to start? No, actually I was there for about 3-4 years Okay. and then I quit that, I joined another company called Bright Start and there I should say my boss was very encouraging, he had done a CPA from the US, he was a chartered accountant and done his, because I was only finished my graduation so I didn't have any qualification at that time and that kind of motivated me. So when my husband moved to Abu Dhabi, I decided to take a break. Hmm. This was in 2004. I decided to take a break. I said, I'm going to enjoy. I had two girls by that time. Okay. And I wanted to spend some time with them. So I took a year's break. I was, I was spending some time with them. But I always wanted to study. And towards the end of year, one of my enjoyment, my husband see the ultimatum has come. Either get back to work or you study. Decide what you want. And at, within a fraction of two days, I decided I'm going to do my CPA. I went and enrolled. And uh, I started studying for my CPA, that was in 2005. Mm. And then for a month, I left my kids with my husband. And because that time for CPA, you had to go to US to write the exams. Oh, okay. It's only now, last few years, where Dubai is one of the centers, UAE is one of the centers. And in India, you can write, but that time you had to go to US. Mm. So my eldest brother stays in the States. Stays in the States. Yeah. So I went and I stayed with him for close to a month. Okay. And I spaced my exams and I wrote all four papers. Yeah. And you know, it, it always used to worry me because if I didn't clear, I had to go back to US to write the paper. Yeah. And I had a window of 18 months to clear all my four papers. And thankfully, I was really grateful that I cleared all my four papers in one go. Oh, wow. I remember so the that's... day I got my fourth paper because you get one one paper at a time. Okay. You don't get a combined mark sheet saying you've cleared all. Okay. Each paper will come separately. So you have to keep waiting. Okay, this one clear. Next this, one, I yeah, hope. Yeah, next one, one, I hope. I hope. <laughs> so I remember the fourth one. I was jumping with joy that I cleared, wow. and I was professionally qualified. And that's when I got into Schlumberger, okay. which is one of the top oil and gas industries. And I had a great career journey there for ten years. And during there, I decided, you know, I'm going to do a management program from IIM Ahmedabad. I always wanted to go to IIMA. And this was an opportunity for me, so I did a management program from IIM Ahmedabad. But the last week was we had to go to the campus and I had the complete experience of, you know, what the hostel life is. <laughs> and without tension, okay, because I'm yeah. married and, you know, my kids are all taken care of, they've grown bigger, you know. Yeah. This was in 2014, so 10 years after that. And I had the time of my life and with some professors, with various discussions, I realized I'm not actually very happy doing what I want to do. Hmm. And when I came back, that was a turning curve for me doing my management program. I came back, I started looking out for options and everything and that's when I discovered something called as medical tourism. 
because I was looking at various things what should, what I should do. Yes. I wasn't still very clear, and I like this concept of medical tourism because uh, you know this was a unique course which is not available. I don't think it's available anymore. Okay. It's simple. It's just connecting the right hospital with the right uh, you know patients patient. for them. Yeah. and supporting them so i wanted to add my own value because i realized i'm a lot of people's person i love talking to people connecting with people you know motivating them and i love doing all that things and i realized doing my accounting job i'm not saying it's a it's not a bad job it's a great job numbers we all need but i wasn't very happy at it yeah. so i decided i did my course certification in medical tourism consulting as i was working okay and then after that sometime i said i'm like I'm done with it. I finished ten years with Shlambaji, and I'm like now I'm taking a break. Mm. So lot of consultation, lots of decisions because you know it's a good amount of money coming home. Exactly, it, and not only home for me, you know it makes me feel good, right? Yeah. So I was a little worried, but then I decided I'm yeah. going to take the plunge. How did that discussion go in the family when you decided that you want to quit your job because that that you're going to lose that income now? Yeah. And uh, that's going to cause an, a disruption in the family's income, right? Yeah, but you know thankfully my husband has never uh, discouraged me from doing hmm. what I want to do. He's not the kind who does what he wants, okay? He's like very careful, very straight. And you know in the senses I have to, you know, ensure there's enough this enough that he's very careful he doesn't do much for himself yeah. but when it comes to me and my girls we have complete freedom and liberty to do what we want and when we had these discussions he's like are you sure about it are you going to enjoy it i said i would like to explore yeah. i said see your earning so we don't have to worry about anything i'd like to try my hand can i do this can i do that and i'd like to do it yes. so we actually worked out financial saying you know we had some commitments the house and stuff like that children's education and yeah. so we put down things we say he said yeah i think we can manage don't worry oh, and yeah. i decided from jan feb march april april is when i thought about it i went and spoke to my boss and he was shocked hmm. he was like you're kidding me right because you're talking about your next move and everything i'm like yeah thank you but no no thanks wow. and but it took me some time because my colleague there some emergencies happening so i right. decided to extend i was okay with that i was not right. head uh, you know yeah hell bent that no today and so actually it extended and finally i resigned by august okay what what year was this by the way this was in 2016 2016 yes. all right but well, first of all like i think this is uh, you know the, the way your husband managed the family right like mm. he he uh, so he's kind of taking all the uh, careful steps and everything Absolutely. and then he let's gives you that freedom i think this is fantastic yes, all husbands including myself we should learn from that <laughs> and we should i think this is this is the right way to head a family and uh, so you when when you were uh, you know when you put down your papers and you decided that you're going to quit in 2016 did you have have a clear idea in mind what kind of business you want to get into so before I, as soon as i quit i decided for the next 3 months i'm going to just put my feet up and have coffee and tea tea i mean i didn't drink coffee that time so i wanted to have tea because we would never get an opportunity to do that because i had my work office was in jabalali mm. so i would leave by 5:30 in the morning oh. every day so i would finish my cooking you know packing my children's boxes everything max sometimes after i started driving by 6 yeah. but still i'm out so the luxury of just sitting and having a cup of tea was like very alien and i told my husband for 3 months nothing i'm going to throw all of you out close the door put my feet up watch every possible rubbish thing on television and read all possible books because i love to read read everything i can catch my hands on and sit he said okay 3 months that's all you get because i'll tell you and i'm glad he you set such boundaries because it's very easy to get into this complacency stage of just sitting and enjoying and not doing anything i mean it's just fun but but you know to be honest within end of month 2 to 1 half it was niggling me you get I'm bored not. after I some time bored, right yeah, like I how long bored. can you, you know how much coffee can you have, have. how much netflix can you watch <laughs> seriously i completely agree and you know yeah. but 2016 as 17 is when we won the world cup yeah. if you remember the first world cup dhoni's team dhoni's team i remember yes. sitting and watching the entire day of the <laughs> mumbai wankhede stadium you know travel and everything and i was giving my husband updates he said just shut up i'm working <laughs> <laughs> so you know i had that fun but then yeah i started getting bored okay and then we got into medical tourism so i had a at a partner hmm. and both of us started with medical tourism we decided we going to learn about it and do more about it so i had done my course and she was supporting me and hmm. we started talking about this and 
surprisingly 2016 was a year for me for my even transformational journey of my health hmm. in the sense is dubai you know is such a fabulous life you lead that you tend to become very stagnant with your life you don't do much yeah. so i put on superb amount of weight yeah. and i decided at that day that i want to get rid of it in a healthy way i tried a lot of things on my own it didn't work so then i consulted a nutritionist and my journey towards in towards a sustainable and healthy lifestyle started at that point of time as i kept losing weight such an i'm generally also quite an energetic person quite a happy person but the kind of energy i got not because i was losing weight because the energy that was surging in me because of being fitter right. was something completely different and i felt this is fantastic i was even already talking about medical tourism right. i'm like why not this and people looking at me saying you know tell us what do you do what do you do i'm like this is great business so i tied up with my nutritionist and we started the journey i mean we had about 40 people enrolled with us within the next within one and a half months oh, wow. sorry one and a half years so this what was the business model like nutrition or did it also include something like uh, you know workout and or, yeah. no this was pure nutrition pure nutrition yeah so okay. every time circumstances added businesses to my portfolio Okay. My own journey started with nutrition. Medical tourism was the only thing I picked and pick and choose. You know, I would right. say that was the only thing I. But there was a master class which was done by Tumbe. So I I did my uh, medical tourism consulting course from the Gulf Medical University, which is in Ajman. Okay. We would go there for our classes. Sometimes it would be done in the Tumbe hospital, which was in Kisses. Yeah. So we learned, and there was a great faculty. We really did well, and we learned well there. and it was an interesting journey but this nutrition was very interesting mm. so it added on to me and we were very happy you know we were getting people because they they were looking at us and i didn't have to even sell much they would say oh you know you're looking great what happened what did i am like yeah talk and i would get my commission and it was great <laughs> but you know the fact that people started after the journey they started putting on weight again i realized and i wasn't i realized there was something which i was doing which i need to pass on to people which is called maintenance So what happens is people lose weight they are completely conscious about it and once they finish losing weight be 3 or 6 months they lose track <coughs> they get back into their old lifestyle and yeah. then within a year you're back to square one yeah so that's when i realized like we have maintenance for our car for our body even for this place right yeah. everything has to be maintained after you build it yeah we need to spend time energy and money to maintain ourselves so my programs on maintenance started after that So okay. everything was a journey like that. It's an ongoing thing. Yes, maintaining has to be ongoing. ongoing because you know they say biologically your body thinks you're starving for the next three to five years, so it tries to pull you back to your old weight. Uh-huh. So you have to keep fighting against it consistently, and sometimes your own motivation isn't enough. You need that external pressure. Yeah. You know somebody following up with you, somebody asking you, somebody telling you do this and do that. Yeah. so that you consistently achieve your goals and also like when when you spoke about like you know people losing weight for for 2 to 3 months and or 6 months and after that they go back is it because that those 2 3 months 6 months they go through things which are not sustainable no like so what happens is when you lose weight automatically you have to do things which is a little extra right extra. i mean when you're working out for a training i mean for let's say you're running a marathon you will be doing something extra for the marathon and once the marathon is over you will not stop you will continue with your regular regimen of running and taking care but you wouldn't be doing that extra bit yeah so like when you finish your journey with us for 6 months because what happens is during the journey i'm asking you consistently what's happening what are you doing what's your workout tell me your weight what did you eat yesterday but what happens after 6 months you're conscious for 3 4 months but then at shops because yeah. there's nobody to push you there's nobody to ask you yeah right so that's why we came up with these maintenance plans because even in your everyday life you need to bring that consciousness and awareness intact let's assume you have right now diwali is going on diwali we just finished with navratri so consistently people are having parties right yeah. what happens is after two months of parties you just get into this eating mode again but if you are with us consistently we are saying okay you have had this yesterday why didn't you have this for your lunch or why didn't you do this for dinner we don't discourage you from not having parties because that's life it has to be sustainable we have celebrations every time we have functions we have events how do you learn to manage with that is what we teach you 
we learn we teach you how can you within your um spam of years where you travel where you go around for holidays vacations work business you don't get food what do you do there you need to learn how to work with all these aspects so that your journey can be consistent and be sustainable you see that's a sustainable solution and this is i lo- i love this because a lot of the um lose weight quick kind of programs are uh, they they put you into more into a mode where you can you do a lot you lose weight and then you know it's not sustainable yes. but yes. this is sustainable because you you live your normal life and then learn to balance it like you you teach people to balance the absolutely that's that's the key right even in the 3 months or 6 months you're with us if you have an event we don't tell you don't go and eat yeah we don't tell you we tell you tell us what is there obviously we don't tell you have all the fried stuff you know you have to bring in a bit of but but we want you to even enjoy because that will be there that will be a part of our life and we need to live with it and we need to understand ourselves yeah. and slowly what we teach you is also to understand your own body understand when we need to stop eating because sometimes after a point of time you're not eating for hunger you're eating for the greed okay we, when we had let's say two pieces of jalebi were nice but you know <laughs> or thoda rabdi and jalebi <laughs> do i don't like that combination that i love plenty who do yeah i'm more of a moong dal halwa fan oh moong dal oh i love it <laughs> so i don't bring, i don't stop eating so people yeah. ask me you know you talk about health and nutrition i love my vada pavs yeah we are from bombay pune Absolutely. how can we not eat vada pavs but the thing is when do you eat it how do you eat it and when, after you eat it what do you do to take care of yourself that's the key yeah and uh, we'll we'll come to also some health tips and everything uh, but i want to um look at your business uh, from from a financial aspect as well you know for for people who who are like looking to start a business in the healthcare industry right in, yeah. in this one so when you started uh let's talk about the investment part like did it require a lot of capital investment how did that go between you and your partner once when, when you started arogya yatra so no we didn't start arogya yatra that time it was oh. meditrip advisors and we were into medical tourism as well as nutrition they were the only two things but that time we all had also picked up a nursery a children's mm-hmm. nursery so partner because my partner was extremely passionate about having a children's nursery okay. so we did that and uh, actually we started with just about 5 kids and within 2 years we went up to 50 kids and it was fantastic it was a great journey we put in a lot of effort 7 days a week we were working like crazy we had actually broken even when covid hit us really badly and that was a huge capital investment because it was a villa in jumera a 14 15000 square feet villa okay and um, but towards the end of 2020 we had to give away our nursery yeah so we lost and uh, so the journey of that part we had actually closed down medical tourism company after a year okay. because we realized we thought we could manage both but mm. you know setting up a nursery takes up a lot of your time and effort yeah. and since it's capital intensive we couldn't concentrate on both and medical tourism and all this didn't need much investment it just needed our time right. which we didn't have at that point of time so we shut that down after year okay. though people did approach us for nutrition that was going on yeah. not too much because we weren't concentrating on it our entire focus was on the nursery for two years but then towards 2020 we had to shut it down and that's when i decided that i'm going to be in the space of health and wellness and i decided to venture alone and that's when in 2020 arogya yatra was born again okay yeah so but uh, by this time we already had a company uh we were also working in the space um as meditrip advisors mm-hmm. but then we renamed and branded and we came as arogya yatra and okay. so this was my sole venture with arogya all yatra. right so this with arogya yatra you didn't have any partners i don't have any partners it's it's by myself and i started it with the peak of covid oh okay because that's when we start realized people are not going to look at nutrition but we needed people to be healthy yeah. so what is it that we can do and I had my nutritionist coincidentally both of them were yoga teachers. Okay. So we said why not start with yoga. So I started with online yoga sessions. So my company was born with the concept of online. Mm. And I love that because my entire business model most of it is online. Mm. So we started with yoga and I realized that so if I'm getting more and more into the space of now yoga nutrition I need to qualify myself. so i enrolled to become a yoga teacher right. so during covid i became a yoga teacher okay. 
Okay. Then I started on with courses for advanced pranayams, which is breathing techniques, because I love the concept of breathing. Because as I learnt about yoga and the power of breathing, believe me, I was so happy. I said, "This is so fantastic. How come I've done yoga from childhood, but never concentrated so much on uh, pranayams?" Tell me, what is the first thing that hits you when I say the word yoga? What comes into your mind? Workout asanas, asanas right? Yeah. But do you know, as per Yoga Sutras, which we learn, there are about one one ninety five, one ninety six sutras. Only three talk about actual physical asanas. Okay. The remaining talk about the mind, the breath, everything about that. That's what yoga is about. But yeah. people always assume asanas or stretches as yoga. Yeah. It's just one minuscule part of it. Yeah. It talks about because your mind, your energy. The moment we we say the word yoga. What you picturize is uh, is a girl stretching, doing a yes. vajrasana or something. Exactly. That's the kind because of that's how. I mean, I won't say it's been portrayed because people assume that yoga is only that. Even I, for a very long time, assumed it was majorly asanas. Yeah. And that's when we realized the breath work, the meditation. I mean, I mean, obviously there's a lot to it, but the, your mind is the key. Yeah. How you work with your mind is the key. That's what yoga is about. And you breath need. plays an important role in very, in very important place. Like you know, let's assume we were coming here. What did we do? What did you see me do first thing? Yeah. This beautiful place, right? The serenity hits you. Imagine sitting here and just breathing. Yeah. How is your breath at that point of time? Deep. Deep, beautiful. Let's assume instead of me, you know, you had like moments sitting here. How would your breath be? You're interviewing him. Yeah. Imagine you have the privilege of interviewing, which, which I'm sure you will. Tell me, how was your breath at that time? How are you feeling just before the interview? I would be a bit nervous, to be honest. Nervous. So, how yeah. would your breath be? I think shallow. Shallow and short. Yeah. So, what happens in any situation? Whenever you're doing an interview, whenever you're, let's assume, getting up on stage, exams, you know, our breath gets shallow. So, what they tell us? Take a deep breath. Why? Because when your breath is shallow. Enough oxygen is not going up to your brains, so it's not working at its best. And when you are angry, when you are panicked, why do we say, take a deep breath with a rush of oxygen up there? You will automatically calm down. Yeah. And what happens when there is enough oxygen in your brain? Your cognitive skills are better. You can think better. You can ask better. It doesn't mean so. You know, you are, for example, a person like me who is completely hyper every time. My tone gets more even. That's it fantastic. Yeah. Can you see that? I and I don't just, even have to pretend. Yeah. You know, otherwise my I'm always exuberant. You know, and sometimes I feel people don't need that every time. <laughs> <laughs> depends on you know the, the, the depends on each person's each one's personality exactly. and you know how and, uh, and the so situation. So for me, it's it's fantastic. So just <laughs> before doing, it's mm. great. Breath is beautiful. I mean, the amount of advantages i can just go on and on and on yeah. but i only advise people just take a deep breath yeah. full deep breath exhale inhale and you'll be good to go awesome awesome so with the uh, with arogya yatra there are there is the nutrition part there is the there's a little bit of yoga part breathing which is which you take care of but uh, so you hired People, you hired nutritionists to work with you for yes. uh, this one. Okay. I had yeah. nutritionists. I had yoga teachers. Right. And as I kept doing my yoga journey, I got into something which is very close to me is yoga for cancer rehab. Okay. For rehab, with the therapy and there was exclusive courses which was designed uh, designed by the Yoga Institute in Mumbai, and they work with closely with a lot of hospitals. And that's one of my biggest dreams. I want to take yoga rehab. For cancer and for other major, as a major illness, because yoga can be very supportive, very supportive. Doesn't claim to cure, but there can be a lot done with yoga, with breath work, with mindfulness. When your mind is not agitated, when your mind is a lot calm, you can do a lot of things. Yeah. You can achieve a lot of things, even in terms of health. It can be because it brings you in that positive state of mind. Yeah. You know, you have to have that attitude, the right attitude. You know, my mom. Was a survive uh, was so she passed away in 2020, but she had breast cancer. Mm. She was fine, and then she was diagnosed with multiple cancer, and I lost her. So I always feel had I known about these courses, and I'd known about, you know, there was a lot I could help her with, and I don't know, 
you know but so my aim is can i help anybody more can i help more people wow. with this so that's that's so that's, that's what yeah. so yoga had a lot of beauty things with it so yeah. that was that's when and that's when i got into diploma for yoga psychology okay. so i'm currently completing my last level in okay. yoga psychology because i realized it starts with yourself it's called swadhyay you become good because you can't do anything to others if you are not good like even in the aircraft right yeah. they say when the oxygen masks come down put it on to you first before you help others because if you fail both of them are in problem but yeah. if you are good you are great yeah you can help a lot others right absolutely so, so i in doing my yoga psychology i'm just finishing it and that's getting me more and more perspective into yoga so i like that awesome awesome so um the, we we spoke about the, uh, the you know the the aspect of uh, investment and everything and then uh, at what point did you think that like when you once you started once you registered arogya yatra as a company right at what point did you think that okay now this is the time i can hire the nutritions on on the payroll and start paying because this is this is something that uh, a, a lot of new budding entrepreneurs uh, struggle with not knowing when to hire <laughs> okay so to be honest i've still not hired okay but i have people who are working with me for the past 6 years and they work with me extremely well okay so, so you don't need to you don't like? need to you need to have a sense of trust complete transparency with your co with the people who freelance with you right. and um, they are they are if you are true to them they are true to you and the best example is people who are with me right now i have a lot of yoga teachers with me who work with me here in dubai you're in india and uh, i've never once i've always been honest with them as to what i charge and what i'll be paying them Yeah. And sometimes I used to take a smaller portion and give them a big, much bigger portion because I think they do a lot more work. So it depends on that. So I connect with a lot of them. I work with them. Now I'm hiring, and now I have. Okay. But initially, for the first few years, I didn't. Okay. I didn't. It was more and on collaborations. And now, now that you're hiring, what's that process like? I mean, what what made you think that this is the time to hire? And what are you hiring? So, I mean, so, so a couple of things was what has been my consistent source of income over the past. I take a two-year uh, statistics. Right. So I see what has been my income coming in. How um, how steady has it been? From which sources am I getting? You know, because I have a lot of streams. I'm doing personal yoga. so one to one yoga training we do we do it online we do it in person we do nutrition combined as groups we also do individual nutrition we do family nutrition so when i divide it like that we do group online classes i see where is it coming from and how much it is coming from and then i hired the people who are working with me now and who are a combination of both okay and i do have yoga because i started getting uh, yoga for corporates so okay. during covid i approached a lot of corporates yeah. for uh, yoga so i have a usp <laughs> program which i love my program because when i used to work in you know mncs which lambaje we had uh, the company telling us let's bring in health and wellness because our company was very mindful of health mm. which many mncs are and we said we'll bring in a yoga teacher for one hour because that's the concept right you think yoga sessions are for one hour everything workout is for an hour so we'll bring in a yoga teacher so i was one of the people who would coordinate and we had very very poor attendance because actually what people had to finish their work and go home yeah. and even if the company said you could do it at our time nobody wants to spend an hour i mean if i have my month ends and closings yeah. i'm not going to come for yoga for an hour so but i realized you need some why i said you need yoga is because yoga is a combination of stretches breathing mindfulness and asanas Yeah. because when you say gym or anything it's only workout but you need everything and that's when i came up with a program called 15 minute arogya so you do it only for 15 minutes you would do it online or in person but majorly online because everybody is working on their laptops you are anyway on your laptop you do it for just 15 minutes and you get out but you feel better you feel a lot more rejuvenated but you don't waste time you don't have to change your clothes you don't have to go anywhere because when people get together you spend 15 minutes before 15 minutes after yeah. you're nothing of that you log in just for 30 seconds before your 15 minute session is over we close the entire group obviously we do ask if there are any questions yeah that's it people get back to work right so this could be take uh, done during you just take a break from work 15 minutes and then you just attend yeah it's like a coffee break coffee break absolutely that's it. Yeah. so a lot of corporates just sign up with us we've done with 
HSBC, we've done it Shnabaji, we've done it Bindahi, a lot of companies. Yeah, start. Yeah. yeah. With that, I think you've you've addressed the issue of people not having time to take out from work and like who'll who'll spend an hour sitting in a yoga session when I have a deadline coming. Exactly. But fifteen exactly. minutes break I can. You can do. And the idea is to do it consistently. So my programs were for three months, six months. Because mm -hmm. you can't just do exercise today and say, yeah, I'm done. I'm done for the month. Yeah, it doesn't happen, yeah. right? You, that Even if you do it for 15 minutes, do it consistently. Yeah. So I have another program which I've added called 10-minute dhyan. Okay. You can do it even for 10 minutes. Sometimes people say, yeah, 15 minutes, it's, it's a little bit too much. I'm like, okay, let's do 10 minutes. <laughs> and they say, do you have effect for 10 minutes? I said, do it and you'll understand. Yeah. I say, I tell people, even if you do for 30 seconds, it is better than zero, right? Yeah, yeah. Anything is better. Any example that comes to your mind now, like uh, any anyone having, you know, gone through, uh, having had a good uh, impact from the yeah. these kind of sessions? So I'll tell you, I had a friend, who, who you know, who's heading sales and she's very smart and everything. But um, I remember telling her to, you know, she would be a little stressed always. So I had a deal with her that he would do a five minute routine every day. Five minutes, that's all. So I'd given her a routine, one minute of breathing. So she would do a few Surinamaskars. And then I told her one minute of mindfulness and one minute of meditation. So I'd broken it down. And I would follow up with her regularly. She say, she would say, oh, no time. I said, five minutes. You don't have five minutes. She'd say, yeah, 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 I'll do it for five minutes. And I would nag her, literally nag her, consistently. And she said within two months, she could find so much of difference and calmness within herself. So just five minutes done consistently wow. can play a lot of difference. That's beautiful. Yes. And I think this is this is breaking those notions that, you know, uh, if you need to be, uh, to, to take care of your health, you need to spend a lot of time and, uh, you know, discipline. I think five minutes is anybody see, should you, See, if you spend a lot of time, you can be a fitter, a lot more fitter. Yeah, but for people absolutely. who always complain, see, in this day and age, yeah. this is the most common complaint. I don't have time. Time. So I say five minutes, five minutes do you have? See automatically I tell you when I started my meditation, when I wake up in the morning, I sit on my bed, I breathe, I meditate and then get down. I started with three minutes, now I do it for 15 minutes without me knowing it. Hmm. That's the beauty about it, you like it. When you can, do I it consistently. You, can I ask you something about that morning meditation because this is something I think, this, might, this is something people might have in mind when they listen to this, which is that if I Okay, uh, if I wake up and sit in the morning, the first thing, if I just close my eyes and meditate, I'm going to fall asleep again. <laughs> so, it's okay. What will happen is when you get up in the morning, don't look at your phone. See, the habit for us these days is we pick up the phone. And you know, you don't want, you're, you know, you are in that state where you're, if you know about the subconscious, I'm not getting into too many technicalities, but you know, you are at the stage of receiving as soon as you wake up. And that's one of the most beautiful stages. Let's do something more beautiful at that point of time. So all I tell them is when people say, you know, when you, the moment you get out and you get off for your work, you will never find that five minutes ever. But you can say, oh, you know, I snoozed my button and step for those three minutes extra, that can happen. So all I suggest is get up, sit cross-legged, or stretch your feet if you don't want to sit cross-legged. Close your eyes and just take three deep breaths. Okay, close your eyes, absorb the energy, say some positive affirmation to yourself, say a prayer, you know, tell or even go through one activity. Let's assume for me today was a meeting today, you know, we're going to do this interview. So all I did was, I'm doing my interview well. It was a beautiful interview, the atmosphere beautiful, the energy was wonderful. Wake up with that thought and just for two, three minutes Sachin and you will realize Nothing happens overnight, okay? Yeah. You have to be consistent with it. You will find your thoughts being great because you're not looking at the news first thing in the morning. And with that smile when you wake up and you go, no, you feel fantastic. This is fantastic. I'm going to try. I'm going to do it every morning going forward now. I, th I think this is, you've, you've given me a good uh, morning routine now to Thank start you. my day with. Great, great. And, um, so th there is one thing uh, you know, on the financial side or on the business side that I also want to touch upon, which is online right now. Uh, a, a big portion of your business is uh, dealing with the with the clients online. Yeah. And when you're, you're in Dubai, 
um, running an online uh, business here, you're competing with India, which is a largest market. You know, people where the, like the the biggest. Uh, you know, all the courses and uh, all the teachers are from India, uh, offering services online, which during COVID a lot of people from here took. Right, there is a huge price difference. Yes. The reason why people choose to take up a course from India online is because of the price difference. Absolutely. Right? How do you how did you manage that competition uh, in terms of price? I'll tell you what. I think there's space for everyone in the world. There could be another million yoga teachers you'll still find a market for everybody there. Each one connects with a different vibe. Each one connects with somebody and they like to do it with them no matter what the pricing is, no matter what it is. And when you bring in your additional USP value there, people will not want to leave you and go. I have people here, so I had I take very few personal yoga sessions. Okay, so my forte is more corporates. I do laughter yoga, like you know, I'm a laughter yoga teacher. So when I do all that, but there are some people who say no, we want to do it with you. I say I travel a lot, so I said I will work with you when I'm here in town. But then it goes online. They say we are okay with it, but we want to work with you. So it's the connection. It's the connection. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there is work for everybody. You just have to go and find it. You really? you will get it. Yeah. I never believe that somebody will reach into my competition. Somebody I don't believe that. Awesome. awesome. There is I and that. I always collaborate with more and more people because yeah. I will get work and I always am I'm confident I will get work and I will work with others and I'll collaborate with others. See that's the only way I'll grow. I have only so many hours. Unless until I don't work with fifty people, I'm not earning that, and I want to do a lot more. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> yeah. What's your number one advice for people who are just getting started or haven't started their entrepreneurial journey yet? People who are, let's say, in a working in a job, and they want to become entrepreneurs. Okay, from a business perspective, from an entrepreneurship perspective, what's your number one advice for them? So for me, the number one is be smart about it, in the senses. Have your plans in space. You know, it sounds great. Uh, you know, getting into the entrepreneur journey. I have my money back up. Na 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 na. Do you have all your business plans? Do you have all your financial plans? Do you have your models? How do you know your path forward? Do you know everything for the next three to five years? Do you have the resources? Do you have the people whom you can go and connect with? Do you have mentors with you? I was very lucky with Arogya Yatra because the moment even before I started my company, I had my business mentor with me, and I joined Mastermind. So. From there itself, he told me what are the things I can do, what I shouldn't do. I had a group, I had an accountability group, and that's how I was able to scale my business. So, do you have them ready with you, and then get into it? It's great to say I can go and I can do it, but you know the thing is, you can get burnt out easily, you can get demotivated easily, because it's not a bed of roses. It's you could sometimes you know people do start like this, but it's not going to be like this. Life isn't like that. We know it, right? It is constantly like this. Yeah. So we need to have people, and you make connections yeah. every time. Not only when you're good or when you're low. Yeah. That's what connections stay with you always. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the the the, the importance of of networking, the importance of mentorship. I think you've you've explained it very well. That this is the, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, you know, in your uh, in in your journey, the right from like when you. were working as an employee versus now working as uh, as your as a businesswoman now at running uh, and uh, you know helping people what's what's those what are those differences between uh, how in your experience in your personal experience how is how is your life been how has your personal life changed compared to being an employee versus an uh, entrepreneur so my hours haven't reduced i work the same amount of hours Okay, rather more when I was doing my entrepreneur. I mean, when I was a businesswoman. But you know, for me, the self growth has been tremendous. I'm a lot more assertive. Even when I had great thoughts, I would be so hesitant to going and talking to them. I'm more assertive with my rights. I'm more assertive with my own value. What I value myself. All that was missing uh, when I was working. I knew I was capable of it, but I wasn't good. I wouldn't. I wasn't be uh, how do I say it? I couldn't word it well enough. Yeah. I couldn't put forth you my qualities. Did you lack confidence when you were? Was was that a lack of confidence that has I come now? I don't know. Could be. I know yeah. I was good at my job, but I still didn't have the confidence as the right word to go there and say I deserve this. Yeah. Okay. Now, when people sometimes you know, 
uh, you know, argue or you know, I won't say argue or they say bargain with me for my prices. I don't say I don't negotiate, but after a point of time, I'm saying no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think uh, I, I I think my value is this yeah. because that's what I deliver. Yeah. I'll deliver, and uh, you will have no problems with my delivery. So then I feel yeah. that this is right. Yeah. So that's what I do. Brilliant, brilliant. So Gomati, once um, when I mean let's let's look at your journey, okay, and. Uh, from from the little child who started or the, the teenager who started taking tuitions and you know this to the businesswoman that you've become right in your journey who are those people that you would like to thank or give credit to for your success oh there are a lot of people lot of people lot of people my tuition journey started with my mom she was the first one who said you know why are you wasting your time start taking tuitions you learn some money and I'll, and you know earning money is great so i started there and then even when i came to dubai that's how i started my first journey yeah. and i remember opening my bank account i remember depositing my money i can't tell you that that, that satisfaction feeling. that oh. feeling it's it's <laughs> nothing to beat that nothing to beat i remember buying my own pair of earrings for the first time i still have those earrings wow. my daughter has them i remember, and i spent 35 rupees for a pair of earrings and to me there was a very big sum 35 rupees is a big amount of money because we would get earrings of 50 paise in 1 rupee 35 rupees because it was a classy pair of earrings and i wanted it as my memory and achievement so to that to when i came to dubai my husband motivating me getting a job and i picked up the first job i got because i said let me just start let me not wait to say i'll get the perfect job and do it because i feel you will learn everywhere and then moving to that moving to bright start then to tugas my boss in bright start who motivated me then my sister in law who pushed me to say when i was contemplating between studying for either for my cpe or cma she said no cpe is good because you know the qualification is better and motivating me there my brothers you know pushing me through my journey my elder daughter you know when i was studying she would say mom don't worry i'll make your tea for you wow. and you know i'll take care of the my younger one and she would help her do her studies you know there have been people my friends you know who motivated me who would say you know we will take care of your kids you know you study you know yeah. because have, the kids have to go down to play also right they would say we'll do it so everybody's contribution has been in various ways in my journey and i would not have time to do so many things so i'm a balvihar teacher right you know for 15 years i love to teach children about uh, you know our lit our epics the ramayana mahabharata and everything yeah. and teach children values and i had a very good friend who was there and we would do together believe me i would only come for this class the entire preparation everything she would do because she would say you know gomti you know you're working and you're doing this i'll take care of all that that's great because as a teacher i'm supposed to do a lot of other things also but she would ease up that journey for me and say you know you do this you just come for the sessions or you just come for the activities so there have been lot of people who supported me consistently through my journey all all the while all the while wow. so from being here to motivate me to study and then when i got into the habit of studying i i couldn't stop i i was always studying so when i did my yoga course i did a course on nutrition i did advanced pranayams i did cancer rehab and then i discovered laughter so i became a laughter leader i did my course in laughter my psychology courses going on and then i obviously i started working with ngos so everything has been with people motivating me people saying yes though my men business mentor said enough of studying start earning you know constantly put it into practice yeah. and my accountable partner yeah. at mastermind oh they've been great support wow. great support yeah and thanks to all those people that you know that yes. that you are what you nobody are can do anything and by themselves by, you have to be yeah, honest yeah absolutely absolutely and um the w- one thing i wanted to touch upon before we move away from uh, you know before we uh, c- conclude uh, you you spoke about bal vihar okay for those who don't know about bal vihar do you want to just explain in in just brief wo- what it is and how people can uh, enroll their children for that yeah see bal vihar is an organization which conducts classes everywhere all over you know it's there all over the world and we teach values for our children we teach about the ramayana mahabharata about india about the festivals about everything because you know if you notice we don't 
force. I mean, there is nothing called compulsory in our religion where we say, as Hindus, we don't say you have to do this, you have to do that. But it's nice to inculcate these practices. It's nice to know about why we celebrate Diwali. It's nice to know about what do we do in Navratri? Whom do we pray to? And why do we pray to them? What What is the significance behind it? And how do we learn it? There has to be someone who's teaching it, right? Absolutely. So we get to learn, we get to, and we get to learn so much from the children. They challenge you at every point of time. Even I used to take classes for, let's say, KG1 kids, and they would ask you, why do we do this? So, yeah. well, no, I don't like this, can I do that? And you have to explain, and it's yeah. really beautiful. So, yeah, yeah, I enjoy it, and that's what, you can just get in touch. There are plenty of Baliyar classes everywhere, yeah. happening online, in person, and you can yeah. do that. So to all the parents, uh, do Google Balvihar and uh, find out it's it's amazing and I think it it, it is it, it's this is the reason why I wanted to touch upon it. So do Google and enroll your children for it uh, if you're interested. Yeah. <laughs> so um, one final question as we wrap up here: How was your experience being on the Be Your Own Boss podcast? Oh, actually, you know, it opened up. You, you know, it was very surprising because you went right from my childhood. My parents, I mean, I, I even forgot that I used to, my first started with tuitions, I completely forgot. And I've never spoken about that in any other place. And I remember it here. So I think the ease at which the questions go and the flow of it was very, very comfortable. So it Thank was you, fantastic being here and I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Thank and you. I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. This was, this was such a wonderful interview. So much energy, so much, uh, you know, beautiful uh, you you look beautiful and you are beautiful from uh, from inside as well and this thank is, you thank this you thank you so much yeah. we all thank are you. I feel I think when we I just one thing when we do something which we like yeah. I think it reflects in us it does yeah, yeah. that's all the passion you know it just it drives all. us yeah absolutely that's Gumti thank you so much for thank sharing you so your journey much. with us coming on the show and you know uh, and letting us into the into the world of Gomati Sitaram. <laughs> thank you so much. I just like to end saying thank yes. you. And my favorite motto or quote is telling everyone, eat right, breathe well, stay fit, and laugh deep. Thank awesome. you. And namaste, namaste, and thank you so namaste. much. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that was Gomati Sitaraman, the founder of Arugya Yatra, and you've been watching and listening to. Be your own boss.